Girls Teaching Girls to Code. Welcome to another Textination interview. I'm Fred Fishkin. With us is Juliet Palacios, the founder and executive director of Computing Minds. Hi, Juliet. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. Now, give us the overview of what Computing Minds is all about. Okay, so I founded Computing Minds to do something about the lack of female representation in the technology industry today. And as we've been growing, it's currently right now focused on, you know, female diversity, so gender diversity, but there's also different ways that diversity can be shown with, you know, different ethnicities. So as we grow, we definitely want to begin reaching out to different ways of represent, representing diversity. Well, we talk to a lot of people, not too many people your age. If you don't mind, I'll ask. You're young enough. But I can safely ask, how old are you? <laughs> I'm 16. 16. And you started this when you were 14? Yeah, I did. I started it when I was 14 and it was just a regular organization. And I realized as the organization started to grow. So I started off just with, you know, driving to local elementary schools and teaching classes because before, during that time it was in person. And as it grew bigger and I wanted to get funding for various things, I realized that there's a lot of benefits to having a nonprofit for expanding an organization. So my when I was 15, I applied for nonprofit status. It was a lot of paperwork, but there were some fun parts like choosing the official name and getting the board members together and now that it's um, it's been approved as having nonprofit status probably for around a year now. So yes, it's a nonprofit now. And it's online. What what you're doing with, with yes. your your reach is is no longer just local yeah. schools. <laughs> yeah, we're fully online now. So we use Zoom and so Zoom for the instruction and then Scratch, which is scratch.mit.edu. And that is just a visual block-based coding language. And it's really great for the students because it is so visual that they can really see what's going on. And I think it's really nice to be able to learn and see the direct result of everything that you do in a very visual way. So how did this happen for you personally? How did you start to learn about programming and what, what drew you in? Yeah, so I actually, the very first time that I did anything with any type of computer science was when I was actually in fourth grade and someone came to our school one day after lunch and they gave us a very quick demonstration and lesson on coding and it was super simple just having a little character move around on a screen like through a maze or something and it was only for one afternoon maybe a one and a half hour lesson and I actually really loved it I went home and I actually just redid the exact same lesson, but I didn't really know how to go from there. So the next time that I was able to 
pursue computer science again was when I got to my first year of high school, I was 14, a freshman, and I noticed that they had a computer science class, uh, just the fundamental basics class, the beginner's course, and I was really interested, so I signed up for it, and I kind of already knew a little bit of what to expect because the course was actually a bit similar to, in some ways, to what I had done in fourth grade, so that's how I started, and I really liked having that first good impression because then when I was older in high school, I went in with a very excited mindset and I was really enjoying, I knew that I would probably enjoy the class. Now, are you doing some or all of the teaching yourself with the, with the Computing Minds program? Yeah, so I started off doing all the teaching myself, but now that we have more students and are getting, you know, more classes. There are some volunteers, high school volunteers who have been teaching classes as well. And you are in what year in high school now? I'm a junior in high school. So how far do you want to take this? Where do you see computing minds going? Uh, so I definitely want to continue with this nonprofit for a very long time. I mean, as my job in the future, I might want to do something related to business and technology, but I definitely also am always going to want to be working with computing minds. So yeah, it's definitely something that I will always want to continue with. Why is it, do you think, that there is this difference, this gender inequality if we can phrase it that way. Mm -hmm. So I think that because computer science is kind of seen, well, actually, when it first started out, I think it was more seen as the hardware being the place for the innovation and the money. So I think that men actually were more interested in hardware at first and the actual coding part was considered a little bit more clerical or something like that. And I think once people realize that there's so much that can be done with coding and there's so many innovating things that can be done, I think that the job became a bit more I guess, respectable, or it started making more money, and it was just maybe higher status. So I think once that happened, people started associating that with the typical gender stereotype of a man's job, you know, the men usually make more money or have those types of jobs. So I think it just, since it falls, since computer science falls into that category of that type of job, the gender stereotypical person to have that type of job is men. And you are now uh, really a, a role model for other young women, and uh, I, I suppose young Latina women especially. Yeah, yeah. So that's actually pretty fun because you know, I'm so interested in this. So it's kind of fun to get other girls interested in this. So yes, I am Latina. My family is from, you know, for a lot of my family is from Mexico. So it's actually, that is another aspect to it is that not only am 
I, a girl, but also I have this kind of ethnic minority side to me. So it's very interesting to be in this, interested in this world where it's so many um, guys and they're all typically, you know, one ethnicity. And so I guess stereotypically maybe a white guy or some, or, you know, not typically a Mexican female. So I think it's really important to work towards having more diversity in so many different aspects, not only gender, but also ethnic diversity. And what kinds of coding have you had fun doing? Are, are you doing games? Uh, what, what, what has drawn you in? Yeah, so for me personally, what I like to do is I'm taking APCSA this year. So there's some fun projects that we do in that class. And I love my teacher in that class. He assigns really fun things to do. But also for the girls, the projects there are really fun also. They, they create games, yes. And they have this obstacle course project where a little character moves. They, cre they create the obstacle course, first of all. They create what's going to look like, the colors involved and stuff like that. And they have the little character. They code it so that it moves through the obstacle course when you press the different arrow keys. And if you accidentally step outside of the path, then it sends you back to the beginning. But if you win, then there's a celebration. So there's a lot of fun, different projects that they can do. Have you been thinking about where you want to go to school? Yes. So I, okay, I love the West Coast. I love the weather on the West Coast. Um, I'm also interested open to the East Coast too. So, and in between anywhere. So I was thinking, yeah, maybe somewhere on the West Coast. I'm interested in studying both business and computer science, but also I've actually been interested in philosophy, which is a bit more random, but those, so maybe a school that could, you know, where I could study those different things. What do you think of fields like uh, artificial intelligence and, and such and, and the future that you envision for yourself and, and people your age? Yeah, I definitely think there's so much that can be done in the future, like, for example, my brother is doing that. He's a freshman in high school and he's doing this project on AI. And we've just been talking about how there's so much that can, you know, that's happening right now. There's so much that can be done in the future. And there's even stuff that can be, you know, improved now. For example, facial recognition, since it's only developed by, you know, maybe white men, it actually thinks that you know all people maybe all girls who are Latina look the same so it kind of profiles them a lot so I think that there can be some improvements with stuff like facial recognition just because it does do a lot of profiling. One thing we didn't mention here too is this is all free online right? Yeah, it is. It's all totally free. Um, girls can actually sign up. So we have classes for girls. Currently, our age group that we teach is ages 9 to 12, and they can sign up 
by going to computingminds.org. And there's a section that says, you know, classes and it says how to sign up. It's pretty simple and they're totally free because I personally care about and the nonprofit people who volunteer for the nonprofit all care about closing the digital divide. So that's why our classes are totally free. And so yeah, we have classes. We just had a scholarship program that applications just closed for that, but we will be announcing scholarship winners on May 1st. And that's for women, that's to support women who are going to be a freshman in college pursuing computer science in fall of 2021. And I see on your website that occasionally you do allow a, a boy who's interested yeah. in this to get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have had a few boys who were really interested in it. Obviously, we don't want to, if we have space, then we definitely don't want to say no to anyone. Um, we, I care a lot about, you know, being inclusive and anyone who is interested, you know, let them pursue what they're passionate about. And the support that you're getting from the technology community and, and perhaps elsewhere? Tell me about that. So in terms of support, we have been trying to apply for some grants. And also we are looking to partner with some bigger organizations. And in terms of other support, it's definitely like trying to fundraise is the best way for getting support. And also partnering is another great way to support each other and for more information people can go where for more information people can go to computingminds.org it has a lot of the information some of the information that i talked about today and you can also sign up for classes on there again it's computingminds.org congratulations on all that you're doing and keep it up juliet palacios thank you for taking the time Thank you for having me. Now this. It takes a lot of listening to build a better radio. And that's just what the folks at Sea Crane have done. Bob Crane and his crew, nestled among the rivers and tallest trees in the world in Fortuna, California, have made a habit of listening to their customers. And that's just what they've done in building the CC Skywave SSB, the Swiss Army knife of portable radios. For everyday listening to AM or FM in the yard or patio or on the nightstand without having to drain a mobile phone battery, it's a great companion. But it is also a companion equipped for NOAA weather information and alerts that can be life-saving. You can listen to FEMA and Coast Guard transmissions too. Beyond all of that, you can tune into shortwave signals from around the world. It's compact, easy to take with you, and built to last. The CC Skywave SSB. Click on the link at textonation.com.